0: Hi,
1: you're listening to Your Best with my nanny, Kathy Weckworth. Hi, this is Kathy Weckworth, Executive Director of Best Life Ministries, and you're listening to Your Best, a motivational, inspirational 30 minutes that will help you want to be your best. Hi, listeners. Today's topic is Facing Your Deepest Regrets. This is a tough one. It's a hard topic, but we're going to dive into it. Every single one of us has regrets. We can't get away from them. They're part of human nature. Today, we're going to look at those regrets, but this is the day that we're going to learn that God's desire is for us to release them. How can we do that effectively? Today, I want to talk about these three things, forgiving others, forgiving ourselves, and accepting God's forgiveness by releasing those regrets. In Luke 19, there's a story of a man named Zacchaeus, a wealthy tax collector, He wanted to see who Jesus was, but being a short man, he couldn't because whenever Jesus was around, there was a huge crowd. He couldn't see past them. So he ran ahead of Jesus and climbed a tree. Maybe he climbed the tree to see. Maybe he climbed the tree to hide. He's taken away people's homes. He's caused troubles. He's got some regrets because he's a tax collector and people looked down on them. He has a boatload, I'm sure, of regrets, but when Jesus reached the tree, Jesus looked up, called him by name, and said, Zacchaeus, come down from the tree. I'm staying at your house today. All the people saw this and began to complain that Jesus was going to be staying with a big-time sinner. Tax collectors were known as big cheaters. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Look, here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor, and if I cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount." And Jesus said to him, "'Today salvation has come to this house "'because this man, too, is a son of Abraham. "'For the Son of Man came to seek "'and to save what was lost.'" Now, how did the crowd feel about it? They were really angry. They accused Jesus of being a friend of sinners, and they started muttering and gossiping about Zacchaeus. And what does Zacchaeus do? Does he become bitter and angry and yell back? No, he's already got his regrets on how he treated those people, But he has to do the steps I just told you about. He has to forgive those people, but he has to forgive himself. And then he has to accept what Jesus just said, that he is forgiven. Regrets, he gets down and he runs to his house because he's going to get ready to have Jesus come to his home. He forgives himself. Regrets come from things that we've done wrong. And sometimes they can come from things that have happened to us. We regret that something took place. Something bad happened to us. I think back about a time when I worked for a large church. They didn't know how to deal with a horrific situation that I was going through. I just found out that my husband at that time was living a double life with drugs. The church was against divorce. If I got a divorce, they said, you don't have a job. Since the federal police were involved in the situation, I listened to them as they preached to me about sanity and safety In prison should I be considered an accomplice. I took my kids and I left for safety. I didn't have anything to do with that. I was busy working for God. I quit that job working for God before they could fire me. I wasn't gonna stay married to somebody that was harming himself and could potentially harm us. I never missed a day of work because God opened up an opportunity for me for another job, but I regretted how things ended with those people. I had served with them for three years, and they just turned their back on me. Apparently, my pastor at that church regretted it enough that two years later, he called to meet with me, and I want you to know something. He cried right in front of me as he said how sorry he was that he had to deal with everything about divorce with several other people in his congregation after I left. Reconciliation took place, and forgiveness happened, and healing began, just like Zacchaeus When faced with Jesus, it was time to accept responsibility that I needed to forgive the other people and then forgive myself for my part and move on, accept what Jesus had done. Well, let's keep thinking about this as we discuss reconciliation, and I want you to begin to think about, are you holding yourself hostage? Are you mad at yourself about something that you can't get over or that somebody else did? Well, let's keep thinking and talking about regrets today and joining me in the studio today is author and motivational speaker, as well as one of our Best Life staffers and my friend, Dr. Mary schultz mishner Welcome to the show, Dr. Mary. Hi, it's great to be here. I'm so happy to talk to you, Mary, and I wish that I was where you are so we could have sunshine and coffee. (laughs) That sounds great. We're talking about a difficult topic today. And that is regrets. And people, you know, kind of deal with them in their own fashion. But sometimes when we have those regrets, they can really start to creep out and take over. So as we're thinking about this, let's talk about forgiving others, Mary. And I know from your book, Clean Your Inner House, that you were molested as a child by a neighbor. Did you find that throughout life you were the one with regrets about what happened to you and how did that impact you and really affect your personal journey?
2: Well, what's really interesting about that question is I didn't have conscious memory of what happened to me until my mid-20s. However, I lived my life with a lot of regrets. Um, I actually remember being about 13 or 14 years old in youth group and kind of declaring this life of no regrets and taking life to the fullest. And yet, moving into young adulthood and making choices that didn't line up so much with my Christian beliefs and who I thought I was and finding myself facing a lot of regrets. And it really wasn't until I started to dig into what happened to me and those memories came back that it kind of put the pieces together for me. So it had a tremendous impact, even without me really being aware of what was the source.
1: Do you feel like, Mary, as you began to understand that and that was revealed to you, I mean, was it a sudden impact? Like, wow, you know, the light bulb went on and this is making sense to me? Or did it just kind of slowly start making sense?
2: Actually, it was pretty sudden. Um, I really quickly understood why I struggled with making certain choices and why there was this disconnect, even though... I still wasn't ready to put all the pieces back together yet. At least it made it a little bit easier to understand why I had this great desire to have this Christian life that God calls us to, and yet struggled to make the right decisions.
1: Okay. So you were just a little child, right, when this happened? Yes. Okay. And when did you come to a place that you realized that your release from regrets and holding back and you know, things were kind of holding you hostage a little bit, you know, when it finally came to the surface. When did you come to a place that you decided that you had to forgive this man who had harmed you?
2: It happened in therapy for me. Um, My therapist asked me to write him a letter. And there was just something about physically handwriting something and putting it down on paper that not only helped me realize that I really wanted to forgive this person so that I could move forward and let the past be the past, but it also kind of moved it outside my body, so it didn't feel like I was carrying it so much within me the way I had been, Um, and that was a real pivotal pivotal moment for me. Um, My therapist even had me um, imagine the icky neighbor, as I call him, in in a chair and read him the letter, and that was kind of what sealed the deal and allowed me to really continue to move forward from that.
1: So I know that people um, very frequently, I've done this myself, Mary, have a a way of having bad things happen to them, and they regret it. I, I know even at Bible study this morning, my friends and I were talking about, you know, when bad things happen to us, how do we move past that? And so frequently we can regret those things that happened to us. Even though we didn't do it, we regret, you know, this this is bad. This happened to me. And we can become absorbed with that way of thinking. We can feel like we're drowning in a huge ocean of regret. Did you feel like that because that was affecting some of your decision-making? Did you feel like you were regretting that it happened to you or maybe even that you remembered it?
2: I think I definitely felt that way. I think from the moment it happened onward, I internalized that as being unworthy and unlovable. Um, So there's that sense of shame and guilt that goes with regrets that we um, just kind of naturally take upon ourselves as if it's our own fault. And that really changed how I approached the world. I would do everything that I could to try to prove To myself that I was lovable by being somewhat of a perfectionist and trying to be the good girl and yet I couldn't do it the way I wanted to and so there was that constant battle uh, for you know feeling like this isn't the right thing to do but I'm gonna do it anyway and and kind of swimming as you said in those regrets
1: right and I know for me with the whole divorce thing I would look back so often and think, what in the world was wrong with me? You know, there were red flags Mm -hmm. at the beginning of that relationship. Um, I didn't see the controlling. I didn't understand I was being controlled. And I would tell myself over and over, I just regret being in that. I regret marriage. Well, you know, it's 20 years of marriage. That's a big portion of a life. And then I would tell myself myself. You know, how can I regret the three beautiful girls that I had from that relationship? So then it would all start like a big circle, like a dog chasing its tail. We used to have a fabulous golden retriever, Molly, and she would just run around chasing her tail. And that's how I felt where I would begin to just feel like I regret, I regret But God uses those things. He uses that. And I'm so sad for you, Mary, and I'm sad for listeners that are out there who've had bad things happen to them. And, you know, you take it upon yourself. You begin to regret. Why did that happen? Why did that happen? God, where were you? But the truth is, is that we live in a sin-fallen world, and people are bad out there, and they're going to do bad things. And every once in a while, it's going to happen to us or someone that we love. How do we deal with it? The first step is that we cannot be responsible for what other people are doing for us. The second step is you have to forgive people, and you did that, Mary. And then here's another step. You have to forgive yourself. So did you get to a point where you realized the value and the need of, you know, forgiving who you were and how you were living? Oh, most definitely.
2: Definitely. Um, And I truly believe that forgiving yourself is one of the hardest things we do.
1: Oh, definitely. I think we're much
2: harder on ourselves than other people.
1: We are. And it was
2: something I wrestled with and wrestled with God um, for quite a while. In fact, I used to say to myself, oh, I will forgive myself for that. I will forgive myself for that. And then God got real serious with me and took me to um, a scripture in Isaiah where um, the prophet Isaiah kind of lays out what the crucifixion of Christ is like. And it's it's a brutal chapter to read. And as I was reading that, God was really saying to me, you know, I did this for you. You are forgiven. This is what the cross means for you. How dare you not forgive yourself? And it was a real kick in the pants, a moment with God. Um, Not one of my proudest moments either, but yet so freeing. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And from then on, I started saying, "I do forgive myself. I do forgive myself. I do forgive myself." And I kind of said it until I really believed it. It was one of those times when God walks into our lives, and it's not fun. Mm-hmm. But once you're on the other side of it, you're so grateful.
1: Oh, absolutely. Um, I,
2: I think about that moment on a regular basis.
1: Yeah, and I think in in very frequently in life. What is it that holds us back? What is it that keeps us hostage within our own minds? I believe, you know, that we're so intricately made, the way that God's developed our human brain and the effects that it can have on our physical and spiritual and emotional world. And I think what a sad thing that so often we just kind of get into a place where we're regretting something that we've done or that's happened to us. And that just begins to take on a life of its own. And I think about you, Mary, because you're not only a staffer and you are a great motivational speaker for us, but you're also my friend. And I know that you're a busy mom with your two sons and, and your husband is a, a teacher. And I know you guys are so involved um, with you know what the kids are doing and you are with your church and with your job at Bethel. What kinds of things in your everyday life are you struggling with where you look at the end of the day and think, ah, I just regret that happened. I regret I did that. I regret I said that. Tell the listeners kind of, you know, what you deal with.
2: Well, I think we all face these on a regular basis. And definitely for me with the family, it comes down to regret for what I've said. You know, when you're in those moments when your kids aren't doing the things you want them to do. And you, you know, I say something that, I wish I hadn't said, or my volume got louder than I wanted it to be. I definitely regret those moments. And I'm really looking at time with my family. Both my boys are teenagers now, and time feels like it's slipping away. And I really want intentional quality time with my kids and to really savor that time. And I feel like if I don't do that, it's going to slip away. And I regret the moments that I've already missed, And I'm really focused on how can I make the most of what's left?
1: Yeah, I can totally, totally relate to that because um, yesterday I was babysitting my granddaughter Cordelia. She's going to be two. And she has the same beautiful white blonde hair that my daughter, Chandra, middle daughter, um, had. And so I was brushing her hair and I put it in a little braid and she has the same build. And she was running around the house, you know, chasing after the cats and playing and For a moment, I looked at her and and just missed that. 30 years ago, next week, I had Chandra. And so, you know, 28 years ago, I was looking at the back of my little daughter, and there were so many things that flashed through my mind, you know, just seeing that grandbaby and reminding me of, you know, where did I go wrong as a mom? What were things I could have done better? And I began to just feel really sorry for myself. I had lost that time. I Should have done this. I should have showed up at more of her games. She was a cheerleader. And I began to start going into that deep well of discouragement that that pulls you in when you begin to regret things. And that's why I think we have to spin it around. We really have to look at it in light of the way that God does, where he says, for what is your life? It's even a vapor that appeareth for a little time and then vanisheth away. And if we begin to think about, this is the only 24 hours that we have today, um, you know, this day, on Wednesday, in March. This is the only day that we're going to have today. And how are we going to live it? And how can we do it without regrets? And then we have to walk past it and go to tomorrow. You know, I mean, Scripture says His mercies are new every day. And I don't know, Mary, have you followed at all the story of Joey and Rory, the the singers? Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So I love them and I've been following them and just, you know, been really impressed with how they have been balancing out what's going on with them. And the thing that I love about what Rory just wrote in his blog, um, and I think it's called This Life I Live, and it's really a wonderful blog by him. um, It just seems really interesting to me because he said that when his wife, Joey's 40 and she's dying of cancer, when his wife said goodbye to everybody, he asked her, you know, is there anything that you wish that you would have done? Do you have any regrets? And she said, no, I did everything that I wanted to do. I'm really happy with this life that I lived. And I want to be able to do that. I'm sure listeners want to. I know you do, Mary, where we don't have regrets. They they can take on their own life. They can take on their own form and, and hold us back. And I just keep thinking, I want to be like that. I don't I don't want to have a, a place where I'm regretting. So as you're thinking about this, because I love this book that you've written, and, and you can get this at marymissioner.com and it's M-A-R-Y-M-I-C-H-E-N-E-R.com. Um uh, Mary writes a fabulous blog of encouragement and she has this incredible book called Clean Your Inner House. And you can purchase one of those at her site. Mary, tell us as you're thinking about what happened to you, molested as a young child, um, you know, having it subconsciously be something that affected you all the way through, you know, adulthood until you're realizing and dealing with it. How can people deal with regrets in a positive way? How can they spin it around?
2: I think there's definitely a few things that we can do. One uh, is fake it till you make it. You know, we now know from neuroscience that if you say something to yourself positively over and over and over again, you will rewire your brain and you will start to believe what you're saying. And I think that's just one of the great ways that God has wired us to when when he tells us to be focused on him and, you know, think about things that are praiseworthy, that he does that because that's how he's wired us. And so when we get in those pits that you talked about where we start to spin and focus on the negative, if we can stop ourselves and just start to think about the positive and and make some choices out of that, you know, maybe there is somebody you need to forgive. Maybe you need to forgive yourself. Maybe you need to make a phone call to somebody. Or maybe you need to be really intentional about your time and schedule time with people that you love and care about so that those regrets don't continue as you go forward. I think being intentional is one of the best things we can do.
1: Thanks so much. Friends, that was Dr. Mary Schultz-Mishner, and you can find out more about her at marymishner.com. You can purchase her book there as well, Clean Your Inner House. Mary, thanks so much for being with me today. Thanks
2: so much for having me.
1: Friends, regrets can take over our emotions and begin to warp our personality unless we find the will to release them to God. A few years ago, I asked my church to take a little sticky note paper and write their regret on it. And then I had them walk up to the wooden cross and tack it to the cross. When we were finished, the cross was completely covered with colorful, sticky notes. I told the congregation that their regrets were released at that cross. I remember some of those regrets. They were deep and staggering as I peeled them off the cross and threw them in the garbage. Some were light and understandable. Some were scary. I remember a few. Here they are. I regret fighting with my sister and yelling at my mom. Losing my temper with my kids, not having a closer relationship with my dad before he died, saying anything to hurt someone, not taking more time with my husband alone and with the kids, being jealous of my husband's past, leaving my last year of college. Let's imagine taking our deepest regrets to the foot of the cross. We've written them on sticky notes and we're tacking them right there where they are crucified with our Savior those sins are forgiven now. So let's listen to this song as we imagine getting rid of our regrets. Here's a fabulous song called The River.
3: I know a place where we can go to lay the troubles down, meet in your soul. I know a place where mercy flows. All of my dirt, all of my shame Drown in the streams that have made me born again
1: What powerful words, and that's from Jordan Feliz called The River. Are any of these your regrets? Not making my wife feel respected. Not saying goodbye to my dad before he died. Never saying I love you to my family. Yelling at my daughter when I shouldn't have. Not being a better son to my mother. Mouthing off to my brother. Having an abortion. Not being more forgiving with my family when they hurt me. Let's not regret how we deal with our parents or our siblings or our children. Let's begin to think about what is it that we're doing and how are we acting so that we don't have things that we have to regret. Well, speaking of children, here's mommy blogger Kristen Johnson to share with us about how she is considering her life a blessing.
0: Hi, this is Kristen Johnson for Best Life Ministries. A few months back... We arrived home from my sister's wedding and a family vacation. We were gone for two weeks. It was a wonderful time with family and a relaxing time at the beach with my own little family. Almost immediately, I was shocked back into the realities of life. My husband became busy the very next morning. We didn't even get the car unloaded. The entire duty of unpacking was left to me. Plus, after being gone that long... I felt like the house needed to be cleaned. Now, I don't mind cleaning, but it's the attitude I take on when I do it that I dislike. I'm not sure why it happens. It can only be described as a cleaning frenzy. It's like I'm on a mission, and if my kids get in the way, whoa, watch out for the fury. So I tried to clean where they are not. This results in even more messes. And I always laugh, a little hysterically, when my husband comes home to a messy, toy-cluttered house and I tell him I've been cleaning all day. Is there anything more frustrating? Because I had been out of my normal writing routine for so long, I felt like all my thoughts were jumbled with no organization. So yesterday morning, I prayed that God would give me some organization and direction. Then I did my devotionals and God did speak to me the first words in my devotional were, you are living in a time of abundance. Huh, I thought. Really? Well, I know that is true, so why don't I feel like that? I often let myself go head over heels into a frenzy. I realized I had not been enjoying the gifts I had been given and was being given each day. I was allowing myself to get caught up in the unpacking the cleaning, and the stress of the upcoming year. I was not allowing myself the time and space to see the blessings around me. I had just let myself get too busy to put it into practice. And by doing so, I was missing out on the joy of life. I had been missing out on abundant life. When really, my cup overflows with blessings, Psalm 23, 5b, and... You have endowed him with eternal blessings and given him the joy of your presence. Psalm 21, 6. So even though it is against my personality, I am going to fight the frenzy with thankfulness. I pray we can all allow ourselves time to notice the blessings and gifts around us. Lord, help me to stop and realize the blessings that my children are, that the mess means I'm blessed. This is Kristen Johnson with Positive Parenting.
1: Regrets can take over in our hearts. They can take up a place of residency. They live and breathe their own life, and yet they deplete our energy. To be free, we need to forgive others, forgive ourselves, and release our regrets to the Almighty One who doesn't remember our sins. Listen to this scripture from Isaiah. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And through the rivers, they shall not overwhelm you. And when you walk through fire, you will not be burned and the flame shall not consume you. For God is a great big God. Though you can't see him or hear him, he's always with you. He never takes his eyes off of you. For I am the Lord, your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior, because you're precious in my sight. Walk out of today with a free conscience. You are his chosen one. Live your life each day without regret receive this blessing. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. The Lord lift you up in the light of his countenance. And every day of your lives, give you all of his love and joy and peace. God bless you. If you missed last week's show, you can listen to the podcast on iTunes at Kathy Weckworth, your best. For more encouragement and hope, log on to our website at bestlifeministries.com. And for more information about me, you can log on to kathyweckworth.com. Hey, thanks for being with us today. And until next time, I encourage you to go out and be your best.